Hello everyone, welcome back to just another F1 podcast here on the Apex Motorsport. My name is Richard Smith and this is Season 4, Episode 10 and we've just had the Canadian Grand Prix. And joining me today, it's not Ryan for once, I think this first podcast Ryan has missed in like a season and a half, but uh, joining me is of course Tom Toslin. Tom, welcome back to the podcast. Big shoes to fill today with, with Ryan's absence. Um, we need you to bring the, the other chaos that Ryan usually does, but um, start off just asking your your thoughts on the Canadian Grand Prix. Um, I thought for F1 standards it was okay, pretty decent. Um, there was stuff happening, there always seemed to be a decent amount of stuff happening. It wasn't just a train fest of cars following each other, you had bits and pieces going on everywhere so I, I thought it was for F1 standards at the moment okay yeah and you know F1 is going through this sort of difficult period where I think it, because Max Verstappen is usually so clear out in the front that the races tend to seem boring and you know, I'm sort of in that camp of I didn't really enjoy that race much um I think what didn't help was the fact that IndyCar was on at the same time so it would have been interesting to see if people started watching IndyCar you know how many sort of transferred over to watch the F1 or or vice versa but we actually seen the safety car for the first time in ages and a car retiring so for F1 standard on a pure entertainment basis it's an improvement um but yeah we'll get more into that in a little bit I do apologize if anyone hears the thunder lightning in the background and the rain it's the weather is horrendous when we're recording this um so if you can if the mic's picking any that up i do apologize it's very loud uh, the mic doesn't usually pick up rain but the thunder isn't helping at all uh but tom we'll start by talking about the race winner max verstappen who you know it looked like he had a fairly comfortable race obviously he had a bit of a lead the safety car comes out and that you know that obviously gets rid of the lead but he just seemed to be in, you know, in the league of his own uh, throughout the race, and we didn't really see much of him on 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 the TV. I think the f- I remember thinking at one point, oh, I haven't seen Verstappen in a while, and the next time I seen him was when he made that mistake uh, going was it through the chicane where he went over the bumps quite quite heavily. Yeah. yeah. Um, but for him to have such a comfortable race, then to find out that he had a, a bird stuck in his brake duct pretty much the entire race that you know that was probably scary and Tom do you think there was if the Red Bull mechanics sort of knew that there was something in there because surely their sensors might have picked something up that something was off that you know maybe they were panicking a lot more than they really need needed to um yeah probably I feel I feel like they would have known the bird was in there because I know quite early on the race in the in the race I mean uh, Max reported it over the team radio so um I feel like they would have known it was in there and that probably from the sensors and stuff might have had a decent idea and the, um but yeah it's it's quite an odd one isn't it, it um Canada always seems to be one that um wildlife seems to be some kind of caution in the grand prix because obviously last year you had uh, Latifi running over poor Gary the he- um, what is it oh what are they called um, Gary the not hedgehog um, <laughs> uh, is it hedgehog groundhog no, it's not groundhog. hedgehog what's it called uh, groundhog that's it yeah you had Latifi run over poor Gary the so yeah the the animals 
it's a bit like playing Crossy Road, really, at the Canadian <laughs> GP. You have to just try and avoid all the animal obstacles on the circuit. So, um, yeah, I feel like um, they might have been a bit worried to begin with about, obviously, yeah, you don't really want a bird in your brake duct. But, um, yeah, I, I don't... I, after a while, I think they would have been all right with it, and they didn't seem too bothered. And their race pace was good. They were obviously going quicker than... Alonso, who was having to let off near the end of the race, so I feel, I think that Red Bull, as they always should feel this whole season, are free and confident. Yeah, and and obviously, you know, I was contrasting uh, races in, in the Red Bull camp as well, but before Verstappen himself, this is, uh, this was a historic win for him. He equaled Ayrton Senna's tally of 41 F1 victories. Um, it was also Red Bull's 100th win, I think. Um, yes, yes, yeah. no, you're right. And yeah, you're right. Adrian Newey's 200th win, I think. I read yeah. that somewhere um, because he's been in F1 a very long time um, and he's yeah. won so so many races as well. Um, but yeah... <laughs> Verstappen just we were on about this every week. Verstappen is the runaway leader. He's probably gonna win the championship. If a bird can't stop him, who can? Like that's that's really um, the issue at at the moment. But his teammates are Perez. I mean, yeah, Alonso would be the ideal candidate. I've I've seen reports today that they might be might be rumored reports that they might be bringing more. Uh, upgrades to Silverstone yeah. and that um, they hope they'll be on the same race pace as Red Bull so maybe maybe a Fernando Alonso could be what we require for a decent title battle hopefully or Lance Stroll never know well the, the problem I have with Aston Martin at the moment is I've said this in previous podcasts as well I think Lance Stroll is a good driver I don't think he's a world championship worthy driver but I think he has deserved his place in the grid. He's obviously um, made mistakes like every driver has, but you know he's better than some of the other pay drivers we've had in the past. And yeah. I think, put it this way, if his dad didn't own the team, he would probably still be a Williams or maybe not an F1. But he's... Yeah. You have to remember, he did do pretty well for Williams at, at the time. He got a couple of podiums. And he, was, he then moved. He had a very good junior Formula career as well. Yeah. Because I, he I did. What, uh, was it Formula. Oh, flip, European Formula 3? 3. Was that yeah. one he won by over 100 points? Yeah. So he's he wasn't. It wasn't like he was one of those. like He wasn't like he was like Latifi who made it to F1 without really any kind of major junior series accomplishments because he was he won a series by over 100 points i know he had his dad's money to probably help with that but it was a packed series and stroll dominated it so he he looked he looked like the real deal a lot and then along with the money that you're not going to say no to him at that stage. yeah yeah and like he won the the 2014 italian f4 championship as well and then um you know, yeah. the 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 Formula Three European Championship, which 
you know, that that season you had some decent drivers in there as well. Landon Norris, Dan Tickdom, um David Beckman, Serge Set a camera, Joe Guan Yu, Nick Cassidy, Maxi yeah. Gunfer, like these are these are big drivers. Alexander Sims, George Russell, Nikita Massapin, yeah. like there's Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there's so many big name drivers so- in that series. Like some of them drivers as well. Like so, you've got the best on the F1 field at the moment, and maybe some of the best there that probably didn't make it to Formula One. Like it's that's a stacked grid, and for him to win that championship is, well, at the time, it, it is a big deal. So it's kind of it's kind of strange now that we now look at him as kind of this mediocre driver. I think what Stroll really misses, especially at the moment, is qualifying. Um, his qualifying consistency which yeah, I think used to be probably one of his um, stronger points but yeah I feel like yeah I think that's what's letting him down this season I feel like some qualifying sessions haven't really gone his way yeah I'm, I'm just still looking through this 2016 Formula 3 European Championship results um, <laughs> standings because it is quite remarkable because you know, if you look at the top you know, couple drivers Max Gunther is obviously now in Formula E Russell's obviously at yeah. Mercedes. Nick Cassidy, formerly E as well. Uh, Joel Erickson, fifth uh, champion. place. Yeah, Nick Cassidy's champion in... Uh, what's the Japanese formula called again? I've forgotten it. Uh, Super Japanese, Formula. Um, Super Formula, yeah. Super Formula champion. So. Yeah. And you know, Nick Cassidy as well. I think he was... I think I'd done, I'd done an article way back when I started Apex about best drivers currently that haven't made it to Formula 1 and I think Nick Cassidy was on that list because I remember him every Formula E rookie test he came in, dominated the time sheets and he's one of the favourites for the title this year so he's just slightly yeah. too old uh, probably to get that F1 break but um, I, I think he's a very good driver and Let obviously yeah, Formula E is a great alternative as well it's still the World Championship um, Joel Erickson, he's yeah. formerly reserve driver, done a bit of um, GT racing, I think. Um, you've got then Callum Eilat, sixth. You know, so there's some big names there. Obviously, the likes of Landon Norris and stuff only done a, a handful of races. Um, that you know, they weren't um, full time, but yeah, we've already got sidetracked. I'm only a couple of months into this, but yeah, Lance Stroll, he's a pay driver by the basis of his his dad has a lot of money but his results you know it's very similar to what Kimi Raikkonen done in terms of just not even going to F2 because I don't really think F2 was much of a thing just if you can you might as well and he was given the chance and he's proved a lot of people wrong um is he in the championship hunt this year absolutely not um I don't think I don't think he ever will be unless Aston Martin can have the dominant, you know, the, the same level of dominance that Red Bull are having without any competition. And then I think that would be a 23 straight win season for Fernando Alonso. Um, mm-hmm. Unless it's wet, I think Lance Joel can, can possibly do well there. But, but yeah, the, the, what I was, was going to say about the Aston Martins is. I'm I'm in two minds about them at the moment because either they have such a great car that and Lance Stroll is struggling or Fernando Alonso is yeah. doing 
outstanding in like the eighth fastest car. And I don't know where they where they sit because you know we're saying that Alonso is obviously probably Verstappen's biggest title challenger. We have to remember remember Perez is second, and we'll go on to Perez in a little second. But we said about how we said in the past Perez is having a struggle and it has struggled in the past few races, and he has, and the results probably aren't where you would expect. But he's still second in the championship. That's all that you know is probably required of him. As long as Verstappen's won the title, if your other driver is second in the championship, you can't really be too disheartened about that. But then, um, we'll, we'll finish on the, on the on the Alonso point. If Aston Martin could bring these upgrades to Silverstone, like Mercedes are saying they're going to do. Do you think that potentially, if say all three teams are level in terms of of their pace, do you really think Alonso has got the ability to outscore Verstappen, while you have the likes of Russell and Hamilton also you know, chipping away and potentially taking race wins? To do you think there's enough time for Alonso to do that, or do you think the damage has already been done? Um. Well, I've still we've still got a lot of this season left to be fair, and I feel like if you have more people in the title fight, equally yes, you are losing points to say Lewis or Stroll or I doubt Stroll or um, uh, Russell, but to be fair, equally Max can be losing a boatload of points to those drivers as well if they're all on equal pace. So I wouldn't say it's over yet by a long shot. We've still got. But it, quite a while to go in this season so I I and yeah I don't see it I feel like it's still definitely on at this point if the other teams can bring in the upgrade packages um, but the thing is yeah I think it's but then with Alonso you could also say could Hamilton and Russell maybe come in and challenge for the title probably not because they're a bit further back but I, I think it's still definitely Max has been dominating but we saw Charles dominate for the early part of last season and then he ended up finishing was was it third in the end it was um in a he finished third in a two horse race i'd say charles so yeah i feel like it's definitely it's wide it's still wide open and anyone can finish anywhere yeah leclerc did finish second but by only three points um so oh, we'll, yeah, we'll that was it, he was fighting with perez yeah, it was the second was place in Abu Dhabi that sealed it for him. Um, yes. Yeah, that was it. But yeah, it is. This, this title race, I think, it's more a case of the battle for second rather, rather than first. Um, I, I'd say if Verstappen has got, he's got, I think it's a 69 point lead at the moment. If he can extend that to, I'd say, closer to 100 by the time we get to the summer break. Um, which isn't in the middle. It's nearly two thirds through through the season. The the way the calendar is, but if he can have that lead, say between seventy five to hundred, so effectively three retirements, you could say if the second place driver won every single race, um, to to overturn that that points margin, I'd say he'd be fairly comfortable and. Put it this way, if 
Perez, I don't think Red Bull will allow Perez to fight Verstappen should Alonso, Hamilton, Russell and Co. be able to fight. Um, and, and it is a tricky one because Alonso, I think, this is where I think it gets tricky because during the Hamilton Verstappen battle, it was very much um, you, there were two two complete sides. That you had the Verstappen fans, the Hamilton fans. I don't think there's too many people yeah. being really realistically being neutral because I think it's very difficult to be neutral in, in Formula One. Um, but when it comes to Alon, yeah, when it comes to Verstappen versus Alonso, it it feels like. A lot of people are rooting for Alonso, and I think it's primarily because they want to see him win another race rather than win another world championship. Um, because I feel like everyone sort of realizes that it's unlikely that he's going to win the world championship because it is for Stappens. But do you think that potentially, if if Alonso say went and um, won the next race in Austria? Do you think that that might be him content and he might not push as hard for the rest of the season? Or do you think he's just going to give it all because he wants to win the championship? It's Fernando Alonso. He's not going to give up. He's not going to give up after one race. He's still hungry for titles. That's why he's at Aston Martin. He wouldn't, he wouldn't be at Aston Martin if he didn't want titles. So I feel like if he has a car that's going to win races, Fernando's going to give it absolutely everything. The gap between... Um, Fernando and Alonso, uh, Fernando, bleh, let me start again. Between Alonso and Verstappen is still, it's still less than a hundred points. And with how many races have we got left in the season, we've still got, we've still got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. So still, we've still got fourteen, fourteen races left this season. I still think, yeah, I, I theoretically. It's, it's a long shot, but I think it's still very much possible for Fernando to challenge for the title near the end of the season. So, um, I I feel with Fernando with the Fernando having that knowledge, and if he's in a car that's competitive enough, he's going to give it absolutely everything because I don't think there's anything he wants more than a third world title. Yeah, and I think we we've seen Verstappen as well come out and say that he's quite content that he's world champion and it doesn't really appeal to him winning another one. Maybe that could play into it. Um, Alonso won a little, little bit more and imagine the scenes final lap Abu Dhabi end of the season, Alonso overtakes Verstappen to win the world title. I think I think the person that would probably hurt most is probably this album, to be fair. Um, yeah. More than for staff itself. Um. Also, um, the other thing is the driver psychology. Max is very, uh, well, I'd say from his eye rating exploits and everything, he's very interested in his endurance racing. He wants to go and do the one. He wants, he wants to go and do other stuff in the motorsporting world to kind of f- fulfill his desires in the motorsporting space. Fernando's already done that. Fernando's already gone and done the Indy 500. He's already gone and done Le Mans. He's already gone and done the Dakar. He's got this experience from competing in other motorsports. He no longer needs to fulfill those dreams. He All he wants now is, is the title. That's why he's in Formula 1. So, but yeah, Verstappen, 
is maybe his eyes are falling a bit off of Formula One and maybe onto other things. I don't know if you heard that or not, but the thunder literally just yeah. knocked my microphone over. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. This is. Uh, I, I heard okay. thunder. I didn't hear it fall over. Yeah. Um. Managed to get without making noise, but yeah, that was uh, quite interesting. That the whole place is starting to shake. So yeah, this is this is good fun. Um, somehow we're, we're yeah. still connected. <laughs> I do not know how, but um, yeah. Move on to Sergio Perez now. Um, a driver who everyone is saying is having an absolutely horrific time, but the stats would say that he's pretty average for the season. And probably doing better than he has done the previous two seasons to Red Bull. Um, obviously, he's got two, three, four podiums this season. A fifth, you know, his worst finish. He's only finished one race outside the points, and that was Monaco. So it's not yeah. too bad. Am I sort of, you know, do you think, Tom, this is maybe because of how dominant Red Bull actually are this year that? If he's not finishing second in every race, it is another disappointment. Um, yes. <laughs> um, this is a short <laughs> answer. Yeah. Uh, I feel like, yeah, he sh- he should be doing better at this point of this. He should be. Well, yeah, he, sh- he just should be, he should be changing back. He said he. I remember him saying in interviews at the start of the season that he was allowed to, and so he's he has the opportunity to fight for the world title. Well, he had the opportunity. I doubt it now because of the points gap. But um, because uh, so yeah, I don't. I feel like yeah, his his performances. It's been like it's like with Stroll. It's been more the it's been more the qualifying pace again, and then not being able to recover from that during the race. And it's not like where a couple of years ago we used to see the Mercedes if it had a bad qualifying it um it struggle in the race because it starts to overheat and stuff so you'd see, you'd see Hamilton and Bottas struggle if they were starting further back but with the um Red Bull we've seen Max has had bad qualifying performances this season um in was it in Miami he had a bad one and he came all the way through the field to win so um so with that being said, Perez has had. Where did he start in Canada again? It was lower. It was was it twelfth, um, or I don't, I don't, did he make he made it to Q two? Um, if I remember. For for Perez, yeah, um, he started. Yeah, tw- he started. So, yeah. Um. Oh, he he qualified in twelfth. Yeah, so with that, you'd expect him to get find his way back to the front, but he never. He he was just stuck between behind the two Ferraris for the rest of, rest of the race. So it's just yeah, I feel like with the car he has, he shouldn't be struggling to necessarily pass the Ferraris. I'm not saying Ferrari haven't got they've got they've got a decently competitive package, but to have the car the the car of this field and to be struggling to get past the Ferraris that haven't really have well definitely by this part of the season haven't got the best race pace he's he sh- yeah he should definitely be performing better than he is right now but I feel like that being said obviously the media perception of him's changed a lot towards this weekend as Danica Patrick was pointing out like when in Miami we were praising him and saying he's the sole person who can fight for this title now we come to Canada he's 
Perez is now it's the whole it's completely changed now we're looking at Perez like he's completely let down the whole, the whole factory and that he's he should be doing a lot better than he is and is his seat under threat if he doesn't improve from now so I feel like it's a lot of mental stuff that he's got to come um, come get over as well to um, yeah to improve his performances yeah and I think do you think that it could potentially be an issue of and it's been a problem Red Bull have had for a while the car is designed for Max Verstappen and Perez completely different driving style it's just it's not suiting him and he's getting the most that he can out of a car that's not designed for him and if he if the car was designed for him he would be beating Max Verstappen every race yeah, but I don't, I don't think that is a thing though this season though, because I, we've seen Press be competitive at the start of the season. I don't think this guy's, I don't think it's necessarily as been, as Max Verstappen, like when we saw Albon and Gasly in the car, it they looked like they're really struggling, but then with Press, he he looked to struggle when he originally came in in 2021 a bit but then with these next generation of cars he seemed okay and it's not really seemed to have been not I wouldn't say not suiting his driving style because there has been races where he has just outpaced Max this season when he's won so I don't think it's necessarily that I feel like it's just maybe a knock of confidence maybe he's not as confident as he, uh, confident as he was at the start of the season so that's now showing in his performances and this bad run of results is he just needs to break and then we might see him come back into it so I don't think it's necessarily it this car's designed for Max I feel like it's more Perez isn't delivering yeah I think the one thing that I haven't seen yet is you know at the start of the season everyone was talking about well Daniel Ricciardo is the fair driver he could be putting pressure on to get that seat all the talk is is Ricardo potentially going to Alpha Tire if he wants to? And but I haven't seen any talk of people wanting Perez out just yet, so it's for you know results wise it's been okay based on pure results, based on the fact that they have the best car on the grid, it's a little bit disappointing. But at the end of the day he's second in the yeah. championship and you know, that could be his argument. Well, you know, if Verstappen, you know, finishes sixth in a race, is that a disaster for him? You know, it's... yeah, I, I'd say it is. Like, it's yeah. just, I feel like, I feel like with Perez though, it's we're at that point. He needs to improve from now to not be under pressure. I feel, I feel like with yeah. Perez. But the thing, the lucky thing, Perez has on his side is yes, the um. I don't think at this point they are thinking about replacing him because I feel like, as we've seen, it's just a bad run of performances. It can happen to anyone. So I I don't feel like that's their... Yeah, that's not going to be their desire at the moment. But the one thing Perez does have on his side, if the bad performances were to continue, is that they haven't really got anyone waiting in the, in the wings because I don't think you can move Sonoda up yet. I don't think... Well, I definitely don't think... The freeze is ready, and um, I know Liam, you've got Liam Lawson in Super Formula and some other drivers in Formula Two, 
but you're not going to take them straight from Formula 2 and put them in the Red Bull seat. So I feel like Prez is definitely still firmly in his seat at this point. Yeah, I think the, the talk at the moment, and this this is us going for, from rumours that I don't think are, are true at, at this moment, but there's been people reporting that potentially Mick Schumacher could be going to Williams. Um, that's... I, uh, that take that with the biggest pinch of salt ever, um, because I've I haven't seen that reported by any mainstream outlets yet, um, but it, you know, logically it makes sense the Mercedes links, and then Liam Lawson in it off a tire, Nick De Vries out before the end of the season. I don't think Red Bull or Alpha Tire will want to get rid of Nick De Vries before the end of the season. Purely on the base of no. it was a massive risk to take him, take a non Red Bull driver when there was you know, a few out there potentially waiting. He's come in, he's he spent a few seasons racing in electric cars where the driving is completely different, the circuits are completely different. And yes, he's slightly older than than you know, other young drivers coming into like the Alpha Tire seats. But he came in, had his Formula 1 debut with Williams, impressed everyone. And when he got the seat, everyone was quite happy that he got a seat. It could, do you think, Thomas, this is just a case of he, because of how late that deal came around uh, for the Avatar seat, because I think he was meant to go to Penske or Maserati. Um, I think, no, it was Maserati in Formula E. Um, you know, that that was pretty much nearly confirmed. Then this move came about for for AlphaTauri. But do you think that potentially it's just taking a little bit longer to get just the car than you know he really needs to because he's he is an F one point scorer. He proved that on his debut for Williams. I think it's just maybe this AlphaTauri car is just not great and it's gonna take him a little little bit longer to understand to how to get the best of it because we have to remember Sonoda is, uh, has impressed recently but struggled in the past yeah I feel like um, I feel like with the free th- it's yeah it's 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 time and you saw it with Brendan Hartley in um, uh, 2018 I feel like you've just got to give these drivers time to get used to the Formula 1 cars because coming from for, as you say, coming from Formula E is a much different driving style to Formula One. You've got Formula E, you're driving and you're thinking about how you, you can save fuel. I know there's a lot of lifting, um, coasting that goes on in Formula E. Like you've just got to think, how can you save the energy but can be competitive at the same time? Whereas in Formula One, it's it's a lot different because you've got the combustion engine and you don't have to think about laying off and saving the electricity plus the speed. So a lot more he's going to be experiencing a lot more greater and obviously the downforce is a lot more so there's a lot of things that you've got to think about when he's changing over to these series i don't think he's necessarily been as i think he's been more consistent um race wise we've seen a lot less mistakes from him maybe not the greatest pace in canada but as you know no we did see a mistake from him i take that back (laughs) what was it a mistake he went up the inside of magnuson didn't he and they had a bit of a coming together uh, yeah, and pushing yeah. a bit wide but uh, I feel like actually oh, that, 
<laughs> now, now I remember that, that kind of throws my whole point off. But um, <laughs> I don't feel. I feel like he's. Um, I feel like he's not doing overly that bad, considering he's come from Formula E. I feel like with Hartley, he seems to get better nearer the end of of his time in Formula One. So I feel like. You've got. To, I feel like you've got to assess De Vries near the end of the season. How's he doing then? Because th- I think that's when you've given him long enough it, to get used to the car. If he's not used to the car by that point, I feel like that's where you're going to have to call it with him. Because yeah, he, you need they Red Bull needs. That's the thing with Red Bull at the moment. They haven't got those backups that they have been they've always had before so from their junior system so I feel like yeah I feel like you need to assess him near near the end of the season or maybe even give him another season to see if he'll improve and then if he's not improved maybe by midway point that's when you bring someone else in yeah and I think I'm, I'm just looking at the the current Red Bull junior team in terms of potential options for them um i think you know dennis hager is probably one of the the favorites um what well, liam lawson i think is the driver that everyone's talking about potentially get that seat he's obviously racing over in uh super formula and he's doing quite well there um and i think he would be the natural step up um if you know, they did need to replace him, but looking at all their options as well, Dennis Hauger is currently fifth in uh, Formula Two, not doing too bad, fifty-seven points. Um, was is another driver; he's currently third. Um, driver that's often not really talked about too too much. Um, and then you go like Jack Crawford's F two as well, Isaac Hajar F two, Enzo Fittipaldi, Zane Maloney, all in F two, probably in the another season. And then like you've got drivers in the likes of G V three who like won't will never step up directly to F one. They don't even wouldn't even get a super license for that. Um then obviously uh Seb Montoya in in F three as well. So I think real realistically the only real option I could see is uh, Liam Lawson, um, but then yeah, I, I was just looking there at Nick, Nick DeVries' previous racing records, and if I, I'm just going to read you random season, Tom, I want you to guess which position he finished yeah. in. Um, you, if you say it, you probably will work this out quite easily. But first, ninth, retire, retire, first, sixteenth, retire, ninth, retire, thirteenth, eighteenth, second, second, twenty second, and eighth. Where do you think he finished overall last season? Um, okay, so, uh, tenth. First, this is, really? this is, yeah, Formula E oh. title one, tenth. Oh, no, it's oh. first. Yeah, oh, sorry, wow. first, first Formula E title one. Oh. So you know, on the basis of that. He's not a proven race winner in Formula E, but he's a champion. No. He's a world champion. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Third, well, I, I might remember, was it Mercedes made a big deal about him being the first Dutch world champion? And then I think Rebel hit back with, was it a um, stunt bike or a 
dirt bike champion or something that won the world championship as well um but yeah you know what nick the threes i think the problem with him is it's his age that in terms of you know future drivers for red bull say for stappen call the quits at the end of the season who do they replace i don't think sonoda or you know, it's the same as the paris debate i don't think sonoda or the threes either of them will make the step up um it would be probably a little bit like the gasly incident again if you if you bring either driver up so they probably look elsewhere um they, they they could literally pick anyone they want on the grid at the moment um because I think anyone would jump in that rail ball at the moment. Um, but yeah, I think... I, I don't know. I, I, would, I wouldn't like... I don't like seeing drivers replace mid-season. Um, because I always remember back to one of the things Mick Schumacher said in an interview. That first season, you know, he, he gets used to the car. And the second season, the results come. And obviously everyone was yeah. expecting the second season F one to be a lot better, but we have to remember it was a completely different car. And I I still yeah. think Mick Schumacher this year, I don't think he would be doing as well as what um like Magnussen um or Hulkenberg's been doing. I think he would be fairly close to them. But um Tom, do you think say because the, the the rumor is he's gonna replace Logan Sargent, um. By I think Silverstone, that's they're chatting quite early because Twitter will will jump at literally anything these days. But say say that does happen, Logan Sargent is is out. Do you think Mick Schumacher will be an improvement, or do you think that it's it's best given that Williams are on the rise, particularly with Albon, they. James Files is doing an incredible job there. They're slowly progressing. They're getting better. And you think that maybe just having that driver who, you know, is, is maybe down the back of the grid, not really fighting for points, that can maybe test one or two elements of the car, might be what Williams need. Or do you think that what they need is a driver who and they can, can score points? Because Max Schumacher, you know, isn't a proven proven point score reeler? Do you think that he would be a good option should they look to replace Sergeant? Um, not necessarily. Um, obviously, yes. Again, from his junior Formula career, he's a very accomplished driver. Um, Formula Two winner, Formula Three, European Formula Three winner. Um, but I feel like. In F1, he's obviously had the major accidents he has. And for a team like Williams, even though I don't think necessarily you're going to see those major accidents again, with a team like Williams, they're not obviously the financially strongest team, even compared to Haas. So I don't feel like you can... Like, as Williams, you can't afford to have the money that Mick was thrown away in the like Monaco crash he had and the Saudi Arabia crash he had. You can't be having thrown away money like that as Williams because that money could be absolutely vital in developments for next season. So I, even though Sargent maybe hasn't been fan, that fantastic so far, I feel like you've got to keep him in to give him time to get used to the car and stuff. And then I, because do, I don't think you can risk bringing in 
a driver like Schumacher, even though I feel like he wouldn't, as I've already said, wouldn't necessarily still be like this. But as Williams, I wouldn't, as a team principal, I wouldn't risk bringing in a driver with a reputation for crashing in very expensive ways, because that is really the least, uh, well, that's the point you really don't want as, um, as someone who's running Williams, high um, damage bills. Yeah, and I think I, I, the only way I could see this potentially working is some James Files owes Toto off a favour, basically. Um, but mm-hmm. I don't I don't think he'll replace him mid-season. Um, continuing my deep dive into F1 Junior Team Academies, um, <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at Williams, and obviously they've got no one ready, no one with a super licence, no one can replace him. But thinking more long-term... Jimmy Chadwick is obviously probably their most high-profile name. Um, however, isn't having the best season over in, in the NXT is seventeenth. Did she have a she had a decent qualifying? I think she qualified ninth Road America. Yeah, America? but she, I think. she finished fifteenth. Um, she's currently seventeenth overall, the lowest out of all of the full-time drivers. Um. So isn't having the best of seasons. Um, no. Obviously, you know I think the better time is still needed to get used to the car after driving effectively the same car for like three seasons in a row, um, in, yeah. in W Series, which is also incredibly sad to see that go fall away completely um, into administration. Um, so hopefully everyone involved there can can get jobs elsewhere and drivers find seats elsewhere because. A couple of them have gone obviously to F one Academy, but it's a very restricted grid there. Um but looking at the Williams Academy, in the for the future, what an exciting driver lineup they could have. Because Sacco Sullivan, G B three champion, um, is now of Prima in F three, had a very decent season with Carlin. He's a brilliant driver, lovely person as well. I've done a couple of podcasts with him in the past. He's really nice um, and a really good driver, and one I could, one I could see maybe becoming their like reserve driver, test driver. Um, I still think he needs obviously he needs to go to F two, uh, and to prove himself there. Oliver Gray as well coming. I think he's GB three this year. Um, has done British F four in the past. No, actually he's F three as well. They're all in F three. I'm thinking. Um, he done British F four last year. Um, he's with Carlin this year and then uh, Frago Colapinto as well F3 and then Luke Browning who out of all this lot I think he's the one to, to go on to become an F1 driver in the future you know slight yeah. bias because I spoke to him at the times but you know he's he's got not a ton of wealth behind him but he's got decent backing He's obviously he's good results as well. Yeah. Uh, 2020, yeah. 2020 uh, British F4 champion and 2022 GB3 champion. Mm-hmm. First driver to, to do the double. Oh, wait. And, uh, 2022, did I say? Yeah, uh, 2023 champion, yeah. And then um, obviously now is is an F3 and it's doing quite well. Ninth in the championship after you know, a couple of races, his, his first season there. And an incredibly late announcement. Um, of his drive as well. Um, he was in the test, but I think it was very, very, very late. 
Um, but yeah, was, he's doing well. Of course, he done the Formula E test as well with McLaren uh, before he signed for Williams. Um, and this back, and I think will do him a world of good. So, you know, if if Williams can keep this current partnership of Albon and um, you know, Albon's a driver we didn't didn't actually state that could potentially he go back to the likes of Alpha Tauri if if they if we or Rebel really want that that's that you know he is an option just quickly Tom do you think that could you ever see Albon back in a Rebel car that you know either one of their two um potentially uh depends um yeah yeah it really depends it depends it depends if Red Bull want to go for him again. I feel mm. like he's a talent, and I feel like maybe, as I said earlier, he was one of. The, I don't think that he had enough time to maybe mature in Formula One because he wasn't. So I feel like now he's having that time to kind of. Um, no pressure, just fully go for the races in the Williams, and just is going to continue learning in that car. I feel like you're going to see a whole lot more rounded driver if you do bring him back to AlphaTauri. And then say he performs well at Alpha Tari, you can um, put him in the Red Bull. But the thing is, at the moment, Alpha, uh, going back to the poor Alpha Tari performances, um, they're currently sitting bottom of the championship. So I feel like, is that really a step forwards for uh, Albon when he's in a team that's actually above yeah. him in the championship? That, that is true. I think the, the only potential way is if Red Bull go, well, look, if you really perform here, We'll give you a seat back at the, at the main team, um, yeah. but I think I, I do think just to sort of round up that point altogether. I think it for me it's between Lawson and Ricardo. Either if they think Lawson is ready, they'll give him a seat at the end of the season, or if they want someone who they, you know, is, is reliable, who's got race winning experience, and you know if Ricardo can come in. Have you say for example, you know, think of this Perez, two season plan for Red Bull. Um, at the end of twenty twenty five, um, Perez leaves or Verstappen leaves. Um, Sonoda by that point be ready to move up. You would hope if that's planned. Although by that stage, Sonoda could be ready to go to Aston Martin with the Honda backing. That's also an option. Mm-hmm. Um, but the freeze leaves at the end of the season. He goes maybe to Williams. Who knows? Potentially for his sergeant there. Um, and Ricardo comes in, gets a year to understand the car, understand the way Alpha Tauri works again, because it's been a very long time since he was there. And then has that year behind him, and they bring in the likes of Liam Lawson then, and Ricardo can act effectively as a coach while for for a season while their drivers get experience in F two and then move one of them up whenever Lawson's ready. Um or when you know Lawson's got a year behind him as well. Um, did you think something like that could happen? Or do you think Red Bull and Avatar are literally just gonna go to threes, you're out, Ricardo, you're in, or Lawson, you're in, just not even thinking long term, just they want the best person they can get in that car right now. I think, yeah, what you just said, I think they want the best person they can get in that car yeah. right now. Because 
I feel like if Lawson wins Super Formula, he's in that car, no matter what. I I feel like they want they want a young driver with future prospects in that team in that car as soon as possible. So I feel like if yeah, I don't know who they'd replace though, because yeah, obviously they'd replace the free if the Freitas results don't drastically improve, the he'll be out. But if it's if results do start to improve, I I don't know out of the two who you would replace, because what driver would you like out out of the two of them? Who would you want in a Red Bull uh, if say Lawson turns out not to be good enough as well? So, but I. I feel like, yeah, if Lawson wins Super Formula this year, I think he's definitely in that seat because they've put so much time into Lawson to get that seat. I feel like they just, they, they need to, they have to at that yeah. point. Yeah. Um, Lawson's second in Super Formula this season. Um, two race wins so far. Um, it's only been uh, five races. There's um four more races to go so you know he, he's in that title battle um although i'm just scrolling down and uh in 12th place kiyomi kobayashi i forgot he was racing in super formula i um, i i did as well i put until i saw a clip of liam lawson overtaking him the other day yeah but yeah so you know a one-time f1 podium sitter one-time Le Mans race winner yeah. Yeah. No race in uh, Super Formula. He won the Daytona. Daytona. Uh, later this season. Connections going here. Let me write down the time so code. That'll be cool to see him in NASCAR. See how he. Yeah, it'll be cool to see him in NASCAR. Just to see how he um yeah adapts to that. I'm just the the connection went there, so I just cut that last bit out. But then, um, yeah, because cut. Um, yeah, we'll go on to predictions. Are you sure? Is that okay? Mhm. Right. Tom, prediction time. Uh, favorite part of the entire podcast. Um, we don't have Ryan here, but he has sent me his predictions, and. Oh, good, good. Yeah very boring predictions uh, I'll run through them quickly um, he's put Verstappen to win Verstappen to be in pole position Alonso in Paris in the podium Verstappen the fastest lap and we'll wait to his uh, surprise one to we get there to the end but last race um, predictions wise we all had a bit of a nightmare um, yeah pole position was obviously Verstappen Team Apex got that um so you can thank your colleagues um, for, for giving that. I can't remember. Yeah, I think it was Kira predicted that one. I can't remember the order they went in. Um, then race winner, Ryan got correct with Verstappen. Um, your team put down Alonso. Uh, I think I think that was a lame, lame move. So you can, you can blame him for that one. Um, and then podium, I got one point because I said Verstappen. I also said Russell, so I got the wrong Mercedes. Ryan put down Alonso and Perez, so he gets one point for Alonso. And um, you can blame both of them for this one, Tom. Russell and Stroll. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, fastest lap was Sergio Perez. I, I got the wrong Red Bull. Question about this. Yeah. 
What 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 are the captions next to it on the screen? Oh yes, that that was Ryan's um attempt at guessing who we we're gonna put down. Um I just copy and paste them over. Yeah. So um Fastest lap was Perez, I put down for Stappen, Ryan put down signs and I think I think it was Kira, maybe it was both of them together come up with Norris. So yeah. Um my surprise was Norris in the top six. It didn't happen. Reigns was Piastri to out-qualify Landon Norris and finish um, four places above him in at least 25 seconds. And to be fair, it didn't come off, but Piastri did have a pretty decent race. So, yeah. no points for Ryan, but, you know, it wasn't the worst prediction ever. And then Team Apex, um, Lance Stroll to get a penalty but still finishing the podium. So yeah, uh, you can you can blame Liam for that. Um, but overall, you're still in the lead with 17 points. Um, Ryan's in 14, and I'm on 12. So I have a lot of work to do. Hence the reason I'm going to be very boring this week and pretty much um, copy Ryan uh, because I think he's my closest competition. So if you can't beat them, join them. So I'm going to go for Perez, pole position. Tom, who are you putting down? Uh have the like return of Perez Ooh. okay interesting uh, I'll let you go first as well with the race winner <laughs> okay you uh. <laughs> I'll not make it a clean sweep so oh, I'll go for Alonso I'm waiting for it to happen it's going to happen at some point uh, podium uh, I've put Alonso to win so I'm going to go for for Stappen and Ooh. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, Hamilton. Uh, Tom, podium. Um, podium. Yes. Uh, yeah, Alonso, and we'll go Hamilton. Same as this Grand Prix. Okay, fastest lap. Oh, actually, I'm gonna go for. I'm gonna go for Russell. Fastest lap. Fair enough. Um. I'll go for. Oh, um, I don't know. Um, Stroll. Because. Okay. So, uh, Ryan's random Iser has been passed over to me. Uh, let me actually get this up. Uh, but Ryan uh, was randomly assigned number 80, which is the closest 81 piastri. And Ryan has said he's going to. Finishing Q or qualifying the top ten, so getting to Q three and the finish in the top six in the race. So he's a lot well, of faith in Piastri. Yeah, yeah that, that's quite a bit. Yeah. So um, random generating the number. Mine's is sixty four, which would be sixty three for Russell. Um, no, Gavin. <laughs> Corvette. Wait, no, no, no. He's retired now. Oh, never mind. <laughs> Carry on. Uh, I'm, I'm looking up. Uh, did Mario Andretti wear number 64? Oh, I'm not sure. Not where. I, I'm trying I've to think who drove. Yeah, I've typed in. Si- yeah, I've, I've typed in uh, 64 in in uh, motorsports, and the first search comes up for, for Mario Andretti. So, um, my my ball prediction is Mario Andretti is going to make a dramatic return. Fair enough. That would yeah. be. Yeah. yeah. 
I mean, it's um, just the um, two-seater IndyCar, doesn't yeah. it? Isn't so, that the most laps could... of anyone? Yeah, I know. So, like, he could just, like, break onto the circuit in the, like, two-seater car. <laughs> that would be like, a sight to just... pull. Wouldn't be, wouldn't be the first yeah. time someone's gone to an F1 track, in a way. Um, yeah, so. so, mine's just Russell. Uh, I've put Russell down his fastest lap, but I'm going to go Russell, um, basically falls to the back and climbs the way back through to top six that'd be fair yeah so yeah crashes out early in the race drops back to i'll go back to at least 15 for below but he did do that this race until he retired after doing yeah so he has to actually finish the race yeah with a top four start from Quali. I would have just accepted the top six. You're, you're just making it harder yeah, for yourself. But, but that's you, not Ryan. Uh, I think Ryan would uh, no. disapprove of it. Um, so, Tom, your random number. Wow. One, two, and three. Number, well, it's Piastri as well, so it's spin again. And it's Russell. <laughs> <laughs> 95 Giovinazzi making a return yeah your your closest is Piastri so again. we'll spin that again yeah uh, <laughs> random generator 64 <laughs> oh gosh <laughs> Oh, okay. I'm using a different one because this is giving me Piastri again. Makes a triumphant <laughs> debut in Formula One after retiring uh, from the World Endurance Championship a couple of years ago. Right, you've landed on 31, which is Esteban Ocon. Okay. Um, can I just say he gets a podium, or is that not? Well, I mean, you haven't predicted him to be in the podium. Oh but... yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that. But then uh... Liam done that. Was going to do that last week, sort of. Give yourself an extra podium prediction, you know, but um, no, because no, um, we'll go for uh, um, gets out qualifies Gasly. Mhm. Um, but falls behind him in the race. But still finishes in P nine. Is that if it's exactly P nine, then be yeah, perfect. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay, that's uh. Both both of us went for fairly long uh, predictions there. Um, why not? But yeah, uh, yeah. Round this podcast right here before this funding gets any worse, the connection drops out completely. Um, Tom, <laughs> thank you for joining me now. this one. Yeah, no it's just about to pick up again. So when this year, oh, when you're oh, at yeah. the hour mark itself. But yeah, um, just very, very quickly, in a couple of words, mm -hmm. summarise your experience of Le Mans. Uh, absolutely brilliant. And how good was the NASCAR? Um, it was 
um, it was the loudest probably race car I've ever heard, and it sounded loud even from the campsite. It... Yeah. And uh, as we don't have Ryan uh, to give us our movie review, uh, you oh, watched um, one a little while back that I think you're worth giving another shout out to. What, Turbo? Yeah. Yeah. Me and David Land, Turbo enjoyers. Um, yes. Yes. Um, Turbo is a great film and is really good for creating uh, journalistic connections through Twitter. So that's <laughs> it. Um, and I, I watched Once Upon a Time in Hollywood as well recently. I know it's not really car related, um, but I really very much enjoyed it. I, I thought it was a really quite comedic at parts with uh, Leonardo DiCaprio's character being a bit of a movie has-been. And I thought, um, I, I thought Brad Pitt's performance was very good in the movie as well um, and yeah it was quite a cool movie and yeah it was a, it was a quite I won't spoil the ending but it's a very interesting ending as well and um, kind of follows Hollywood through the 60s but in a more com- kind of comedic way so yeah good and that is available to stream now on Netflix definitely not sponsored at all but um, if Netflix no. want to sponsor us we will shout out any movie that they want Including the Bard movie, if that's going to be on Netflix. But yeah, um, yeah, Tom, thanks for joining me again for this one. Uh, Ryan should be back for the next podcast. Um, it is the Austrian Grand Prix. I just, I never actually said that. We just give our predictions for, for for nothing. <laughs> it was for the Austrian Grand Prix. Um, great to be back there. It's, it, I I think it was because of the COVID years. I've always felt like this was early in the season and it still technically is early in the season but um well it, it isn't isn't we're near the halfway stage but stuff feels early um but yeah uh, the big questions going on will be of course whether or not master Stappen can make it five race wins in a row can red bull continue the 100 percent win record for the season or will fernando lanzo claim race win number 33 which if it doesn't happen this season will be a real shame because this is probably his best chance in a very long time to get a race victory. If not, he'll probably go off and do Le Mans again next year. Um, did Fernando Alonso Ferrari hypercar? Yes, or no, Tom. I think, I think to be honest, I think he would have done it if he stayed at Alpine. I think because they've got the hypercar yeah. coming next year. Yeah. So yeah, but um, next Aston Martin want to bring back the hypercar they were going to enter, but then decided no, we're going to go and do Formula One. So, um, yeah, if they want to kind of actually do their hypercar now with Fernando Alonso, I'd be very happy for them to do that and would, yeah, it would make it an even better race than it was this year because the amount of manufacturers involved. Yeah, uh, that's for sure. But yeah, Tom, once again, thanks for joining me. For everyone for, for listening, I uh, really appreciate your support and hope you enjoyed this one. And yeah, I'm hope- we hope that you can join us next time for the Austrian Grand Prix. Goodbye.